Welcome to Where Wine Takes You, a wine podcast that is all about people and place. The stories and adventures and relationships that come from these people and this place, Paso Robles Wine Country. I am your host, Adam Montiel. So I'm excited today. We're finally meeting the people behind In Bloom, that new restaurant in Paso that we've been hearing a ton about. People have been talking about it forever. So I'm going up there. I'm seeing it for myself. I'm taking you with me. We're going to meet Chris Heisma, the owner, and see what he's all about. And uh, to join us, we got back on the podcast, Chris Cherry of the Maha Estate and Via Creek Wines. They have a connection I can't wait to learn more about and can't wait to see Chris again. I want to get right into things, but before we do, don't forget, if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Even just tell a friend and send this podcast to someone who might like, I don't know, food. If you know someone who eats food, send this to them. Just telling a friend means so much and helps so much. So thank you and cheers. So I had Chris Heisma, the owner of In Bloom, on my morning show, Up and Adam in the Morning on The Crush 92.5. And I love the way he encapsulated what they're about at In Bloom. Yeah, man, we're having a, having a ton of fun. It's been really well received, really well supported by the industry, the wine community. We're, we're loving it. How do you kind of describe from a culinary standpoint, from a vibe standpoint, what In Bloom's about? I mean, it's right in the name, In Bloom. What's, uh, what's blooming? What's in season? That's what we're all about. We're trying to bring something, something new, fresh to, to the area. Uh, when we were thinking of vibe, it, it was important to us to uh, embrace everything we love about Paso, but still have it feel and have the expertise to rival any restaurant in any big city. You know, Chef Kenny and his team with Ron and, and Landon, they're just killing it in the kitchen. They're sourcing everything possibly they can locally, working directly with local farms, farmers, menu switches, two, sometimes three times a week. Talk to the vibe. The vibe's energetic. You know, we, we're playing vinyl records every night, slinging badass strings from the from the bar. Uh, we touched on the wine list. It's really thoughtfully curated. The vibe's light and, and, and fun, but serious food coming out of the kitchen there. Serious food indeed. Isn't that great? So let's not waste another second. I show up to In Bloom. It's on Upper Spring Street at the far north end of the new and immensely popular Paso Market Walk. Easy to park, beautiful. The vibe of the restaurant, it's classy but comfortable. Everyone here greets you so nice and is so genuinely kind. I just, everyone smiles back at you. I just really loved the vibe of all the people here, no matter what they're doing. I got a drink delivered by Kevin, aka Drink Chef, and we are ready to go. So give me that mm-hmm sound, we'll get by, we pass on around till the job is camped out in the trees. It will simplify good company. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. It's all in bloom. And, you know, Chris, sitting at the same seat that I did the other night for dinner. Yeah. That was an incredible dinner. You really got something going on here because for a while, I'd be talking to different people, Chris included, and I had not had not tried it yet. And I feel like I was one of the last ones. And everyone's talking about it. They're bringing it up on the show. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a really unique take, but it's really popular and it's really special. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you guys uh, came in and... Check out what we're doing here. Chris Cherry, it's amazing that Paso really welcomes people from all over the place. And when they kind of come at it in a real honest and pure way, people really bite and they really want to support. Well, I think, I think you're right. And I think um, everybody, most of the community here, I mean, we've, we've seen people come. We've seen people go. Uh, 
someone rolls in hot, a fair load of BS. It's right. like they usually just don't last long. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that whole bullshit meter for Paso is pretty strong. Uh-huh. And I, th- I think one of the things that, that I've heard recently of in Bloom, especially now that the liquor license is in play, which is Amen. You, you know, a huge addition to the restaurant and the scene is like I've, I've at least a half a dozen people are like, in Bloom's kind of like the new Via Creek. You know, you walk in, you know, six or seven people at the bar, you know, 20, you know, five or six people in the dining room. And, you know, I think that's a huge compliment to Chris because Via Creek Restaurant was, was that ground zero. And it, it was the shit. It, it, yeah. it, it was, and, you know. And it had, it, you know, that, that was, it was such a great point in time to be able to walk into that space on any given day and just meet, you know, you're an out-of-towner and... You happen to know someone, and they're like, "Yo, here, meet Justin Smith, and here's Matt Travison." And well, one of the charming things about Via Creek, the restaurant, was that some of the most beautiful stories that came from those times, you didn't know them till later on. They're like when I'm doing a, a show with someone, or I'm doing a Cork Drugs episode, or interviewing, you know, Edgar Torres on the podcast, or someone, and they're like, oh yeah, Via Creek, or yeah, Chris Cherry, oh, I was at Via Creek, and I, you know, just to think of all the stories and the people that were meeting, and you no, know, it was like an incubator, if you will. It, 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 it was, and, and I think that was, a, a lot of that was, I love to connect people, I'm a people person, as you both know certainly are and uh, that that's what makes the, this fun like I don't think that, one of the best highs in the world is having just a banging night at the restaurant everything's vibing people are having fun I mean there's nothing better than throwing a great party and everybody's having a great time I asked you last time we had you on the podcast with Carol we were out at the Maha State and I asked you how much you miss it and you had a funny and clever answer, but when you see the vibe here and everything going, do you tap into those feelings like you just explained, and you kind of go, fuck, you miss it a little bit? Mm, for about a split second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I can throw a party at our house. Right, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, I was getting ready to pitch Chris on like a guest bartender. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. That's how you much know, he missed it. Come in, bartender, everything gets to leave. Yeah. 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 You know, I love that idea. That could, that could be kind of fun, mm-hmm. you know, just a personality and must be. I mean, obviously that's a compliment to to Chris, but it's also got to be a compliment to you in a way too, because it really solidifies this many years after Via Creek. I mean, I remember Via Creek. I moved here in '03, and I remember it was it was hot, and it was hot for a long time after that until you decided to close it. But um, it's got to be really, you know, it really solidifies this many years away from that. Just what an what a significant role that played. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a little over five years now, and and people are like, oh, we still we so miss Via Creek, and I'm like, which is great. I mean that's a very nice compliment, and I I do kind of, but not from the operational and day to day point of view, and I think at, at the end of the day, you, you've got you've got you've got owner operators here, Chris, Carolyn Santos, Courtney, Il Cortile, La yeah, Cosecha, right. Il Cortile, La Cosecha, LPC, uh, Hatch, Dallas, yeah. Troy and Donovan at Gaucho and right. Pappy McGregor's and eleven twenty two and those everybody in that mix they're all busting ass yeah. to make it work and you know as as time moved on with us at the restaurant our point of focus was vineyard and winery and that was really a big big part of why we transitioned away from the restaurant and um, just into wine which is is great it's where we were I mean it was a twenty year run here. Before we get into how you guys met, Chris Heisman, were there some pieces of advice that you sought 
from Chris Cherry as because you knew him before your settling in here. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris and I go back. Uh, when I started coming here. I think it was 2008. Uh, he was one of the first people I met when I started coming to Paso. So um, you know, being in the the restaurant world, of course, there was many of phone calls uh, when I was living in Chicago at the time. But I think the biggest thing I took from him was how important the community is, how being involved here and being seen at the restaurant, being present, um, how uh, big of a factor that is. You can't manage it from afar. It's a small town. Making sure I was you know, on the floor day to day, night to night, and really get involved with the community. That was a, that was a big takeaway. Before we get into how the both of you met, I'm curious more of your history. Most recently, Chicago, right, or LA? Yeah. It was LA for uh, for a number of years, and that's when I started coming up to to Paso, and then moved back home to Chicago, where I'm from, for was nine years, uh, and we've been here now with my wife and two kids. It'll be two years in December. So, how'd you get into the restaurant biz? You started serving. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, Flipping pizzas when I was 15 because I wanted really? a car when I turned 16. Uh-huh. You know, like, uh, I got into it early. And, and what city are you in then? That was Chicago. Okay. Yeah. What kind of pies were you slinging? I was going like? to say deep dish, right? Of course. Deep dish <laughs> in Chicago, yeah. <laughs> Not the preferred, uh, my preferred, but uh, yeah. yeah, definitely deep dish. We're never going to see that as a special here? No, <laughs> no, no never say never. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you get into it. You're then you, you know you're 18, 19. You're in your early twenties. Yep. When do we say okay? Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, but I, w- I want to have my own place. You know when I started operating uh, restaurants and, and really got into it. You um, become a GM somewhere, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I you know I was I spent a number of years in LA with some pretty big uh, groups. Who are they? Uh, Mastro's restaurants. Sure. Uh, I was in the Beverly Hills store for a number of years, and both Orange County stores opened those. Beverage director, AGM. Okay. Played a, wore a couple different hats. How so much I, buying power do you have at a Mastro's when there's a lot of them down there? Is there like a person above you who helps you buy, or do you get to choose pretty – how does that work there? Um, yeah, there was there was somebody above um, – at the time when I was there, it was it was still owned by the Mastro's, so it was it was a little different than, than it is now. Yeah. Um, but you certainly have buying power when you – Multiple locations for sure. Yeah, right. Mastro's yeah. big steakhouse. I mean, like, yeah, it was obviously. huge. You know, learned a lot. Big numbers, big volume. You know, you just start getting more and more into the dance. You know, every single night's a little different, and, and you kind of get hooked. And went back to then, then Chicago. And that's when I really kind of, kind of got into it. Worked with uh, a really chef-driven restaurant group back there and so do you have money or at this point in your career he's a like, restaurateur he doesn't have right. any money <laughs> believe me i work in radio i totally get it but i mean at the time are you like i got i'm good with people i need to find some partners and like yeah. how does that first jump to like i think i'm ready to have my own spot because you had your own restaurant in chicago yeah yeah several yeah I had, I had a few yeah you take on investors partners things like that get creative and you know you can Keep keep rolling, do more and more. But wouldn't you say that your your partnership and working with Giuseppe Trentori was really yeah he I was mean, he's he, a great a great cultivator of, of your knowledge and yeah when going back to, to Chicago when I went back there I went to work for a, for a group and it was like I said very chef driven and I worked with a chef named Giuseppe Trentori uh, opened a restaurant GT Fish and Oyster and learned more from that guy than I had learned from anybody over the course of my career wow. and at that point it had been a long time doing it. What was um, it about this person that was so instrumental? The, the details. You know, he doesn't miss a thing. Yeah, he's a chef, too. Yeah, but he was so involved in the front and back of the house. Oh, he's a chef owner. Uh, chef owner. Okay. Um, prior, you know, Michelin star guy. He was Charlie Trotters before that. He's the type of guy, when he came to you with a question, he likely already knew the answer. You Ooh. know, like, he's, he, he's that guy. But, but you, pick up, you pick up all the good things from, from people like that. And you sure do. They really, 
you know, motivate you and, and push you to, to well, be Well, not only do they can. keep you on your toes in the moment, but then they help you pursue and strive for excellence exactly after right. you're beyond them. Exactly right. You know? Yep, exactly right. I'm sure it's not always easy to work for someone like that, but you probably learn a lot and, you know. Learn a lot. Yeah, it teaches you. Oh, yeah. You know, it kind of almost shapes you how you're going to be. Do you see some of your leadership role here that maybe you've picked from that a little bit? Yeah, I certainly hope so, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I definitely hope so. It's an interesting, and I'm curious how both Chris's, how you both kind of looked into this, because when you have a chef here, and I had a really good conversation with you, Chris Heisma, in Bloom, while we were having dinner, uh, your chef, Kenny, really, I mean, you, you have a vision, yet you also have this implicit trust in him, and there's some landscape that he has to create in ways that, one, will make him feel like he is creating and he's flying, but that is still within the bounds of what you're trying to create here as, you know, the visionary. So yeah. I learned when you've had creative people like that, like surround yourself with them, surround yourself with people better than you that can do things that you can't do. Give them a conceptual box you want to live in and get the hell out of the way. You know, let them do what they do. Um, and that's what, that's what we do with Kenny. You know, he, he and I communicate really well. Uh, he's, he's very, very intelligent when it comes to the business side of things too, costing and uh, you know, labor and all the, all the stuff that is really important in a restaurant. Uh, but he's super creative too. Um, so like I said, for me, take a step back. Hey, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. This is how I want to feel and, and let them do what they do. Were those hard things, Chris Cherry? Those are hard things to be able to to be able to have the the opportunity to have a chef and work with a chef that understands the business side of it. You know, chefs are creatives, right? So, creatives in in all of it, anything, they're not always business people. <clears throat> and uh, I think Kenny Kenny understands that. I got both of them, yeah. And, and, right, and that's really that's solid. And I think he's. I mean. He continues to just put out wonderful dishes, great creativity. The plate-ups are clean. The flavors are clean. It's not a tweezer restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got good, straightforward sense. You're against tweezers? I, I just... No, I'm not against tweezers at all, but I just... That's not... Oh, like tweezer restaurants? Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to, to touch a plate 10 times before it goes out is... I mean, it's great. It has its place, and yeah. it's, it's always nice to eat there, but it's not, you know... I want to be at In Bloom a couple times a week. Uh-huh. Right. And I think every everybody wants people at their restaurant a couple times a week as opposed to, hey, let's go to XYZ because it's a special occasion. You want right. to be a special occasion. Yeah. It's an anniversary. You don't sure. want to be a special occasion. I don't want to be a special occasion restaurant. No. That's a really good point. But some people want to do that, and we offer both. You know, we, not, we have our a la carte menu that's meant to be shared, small plate style, but we do a chef tasting menu as well, you know, so he can kind of really uh, get creative with that and... You know, to go Chris bust out the tweezers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and so the wine pairings and and the wine pairings. Yeah, how did you guys meet Chris Cherry? How did we meet? I think the very first time I met Chris was at Katana Grill, if I recall. Yeah, yeah probably. Right and when then I started coming up here, right about that time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, then when Mike Pizza fell into the uh, Poison Oak, <laughs> when you guys came up for a pickup party. Oh, nice! <clears throat> but we we really had a. I think. Chris is such a uh, a calm person on the floor, which is really great. I think from a management point of view, he's he's very good that way. His I, I like him because much like myself, he's constantly watching the room. He he sees me coming from a mile away, and vice versa. And I just we've we've always enjoyed conversation and company, and and that that's really fun to be able to talk shop, talk wine, all those wonderful things. When was the last time 
last time you were here? Last night. <laughs> uh, a mere 14, 14 hours ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did uh, you order? What did you eat? What didn't I order? Uh, we did the melons and speck. We did the broccoli. We did the squab. We did the, we did the fried chicken. We did the octopus. We did the beets. The beets are fantastic. Let's see. What else did we do? Panzanella. The panzanella mm-hmm. and the fried burrata. Damn, fried burrata is insane good. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What did um, the gentleman just bring us right now? The, the table is just beautiful right now. Yeah, they just brought out a few things for us here. This is our, uh, our house focaccia. Changes a few times a year, but currently right now it's with a little uh, whipped mortadella and mango honey. This is our local you should know, mortadella is not a cheese. It is not a cheese. People think it's a cheese. Yeah, people ask every day. Yeah, it's the best bologna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. And um, I was the, the consistency of that whipped mortadella. I mean, it literally is like whipped, like the kind of whipped cream that would come out of like one of those, you know, like industrial, like <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was thinking of like um, like a pate or something like that yeah. would be so good. This focaccia is it's really unreal and it's become one of your, your flagships, huh? Yeah, that, as much as the menu changes all the time, uh, that's one item that, that definitely stays. The set will change around it, but the focaccia is always on the menu. Did you, did, did you see Adam with that in, in a in a whipped creamer and he's just like yeah I'd like to <laughs> if that was pate for sure it's probably <laughs> so good uh, what else the brother local mushrooms here these are uh, done by Mighty Cap Mighty Cap Chris mushrooms. Battles yep yep uh, we work with them a lot arugula pesto on the bottom some mushroom aioli these are beets those are new in the menu braised beets raw beets apple gel toasted almonds some beet dressing on there uh, and this is the new pasta dish that went on too Chicken aniloti, there's a chicken jew, uh, mighty cap mushroom again, shiitake, and uh, hazelnut. Granulata. Those mighty cap mushroom, Chris is blown up. Dude, they're bomb. With they're that. so good. I remember he, he was doing some stuff when he was still like feeling it out at his house, and I was at his house because his wife does those great hats, and I would get some hats from summer. Yeah. And then Chris would be like, dude, you got to come check this out. And now he is like, he's legit blown yeah. up. I mean, yeah. he's doing like four or 500 pounds a week. Yeah. That, that dish right there, that just screams fall. Look, I mean, that looks I know, it's so beautiful. delicious. It's like, it's like you a lot of pictures posted of this. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's new. And it's, the, the color comes from uh, cocoa powder, so it's like flavors of like mold. Mole, chicken mole. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to dig into that. Yeah. When you were going to put things together, Chris Heisma, and settle here at the Paso Market Walk, what was that decision like? How did that opportunity present itself to you, and, and why did you make that decision? Doing a restaurant in Paso was a bit of a, a dream for a while, right? I had, I had operations in Chicago. We were living there, and it kind of felt like Paso was just going in this amazing uh, trajectory and, and, and and always trying to be part of the, the hospitality here was something I always wanted to do. And the opportunity came about. Uh, a friend, Billy Grant, introduced uh, myself to, to the landlord here and seemed like it was the right time. Billy Grant. Yeah, yeah. And Billy Grant, one person of the year? Yes. Not Billy, like yeah. William Grant. <laughs> Unofficial mayor. He was well, here you, last night, too. <laughs> you know, he was. Uh, you know, Chris, Chris threatened and threatened and like, we're going to move to Paso. We're going to open a restaurant. One day for calls, years, yeah, yeah, and and one day, Chris is on my phone. I'm like, "Hey, what's going on?" He's like, "We're coming to Paso." I'm like, right on. Yeah, and you know, things work out how they're supposed to. I believe that, you know. But and it wasn't the plan. The plan was was going to be part time Paso, part time Chicago. We had restaurants going there, and 2020 happened, and things didn't make it through there. And we, my wife and I, we decided that you know, here's we, our chance. Well, yeah, and we, we love it here. You know, and it was the maybe the nudge that we necessarily asked for, but it came, and, and it was the best thing could have happened for us. You know, you know, a wine list, and you know, serving those folks wine. Um, not only people that are 
visiting here, but you know, like we talked about earlier, you have a good um, industry contingency yeah. at Emblem here too. How do you ride that line? And I'm curious how you know Chris did that with Via Creek, but how do you ride that line where one, you're trying to you know gain favor with the industry, having a lot of these people on the list can you know can, can help, but obviously the list is finite. You can't do can't go crazy. I don't know. Ask Julian. He's he's going hog wild on his wine list. Yeah, he's long. a good drunken sailor these days. <laughs> But how do you manage all that and walk that tightrope? I don't know. Um, there, there's certain people that are always on the list, um, and others we try to support as many as we can, but everybody can't be on the same time. Right. right? One approach that I, I decided to take, for at least for local here, was, was try to do as much older vintage items a, as I could. Reason being is someone goes out to Maha and you know, they're tasting, and they can buy a, a backlit for 100 bucks and... They come here and it's 170 bucks, and they're like, "Well, why would I pay 170? I could have got it for 100." That's true, but yours is an 18, mine's a 16. You know, or why am I going to pay 140 for the Via Creek when I can get it for 80? I'm like, "Well, mine's a 2012." Good point. You know, so yeah. so I try to. That's kind of a savvy way to approach it. I like Isn't that. Isn't it? Good idea. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, having a library bottle is kind of cool when you're right. on, at table. You know, well, something different. Maybe they go out and they, and they love Via Creek wines, and they come here and they say, "Oh." There's an old one. Let's check that out. Uh-huh. You know, so we try to take that approach, and you know, that way you can still, you know, offer as much local as you can, and try to offer something different that they didn't maybe have or taste during the day. What do you like about the market walk? Uh, I love it here. I love it. It's beautiful. You know, the, the the our neighbors are great. The foot traffic we draw here is awesome. Locals tell me all the time they love it because there's room down here to park. It's not, you know, downtown. For us, it's been a great fit. Yeah, we're just up. We're just up spring between. I want to say nineteenth and twentieth, eighteenth uh, right? and 9th. We're at nineteenth and spring. Eighteenth and nineteenth, right? Yep. So yeah, because you're at the far north end mm-hmm. of the Paso Market Walk. You're like the bookends with, say, maybe Finca. With Finca yep. on on the south end. You're right next to uh, the Paso Wine Merchant, and we are open seven days a week. We're closed on Mondays. Okay, closed Mondays. Yep. yep. We just Why is Mondays the day to do it? Well, we were closed Sunday and Monday, um, and we just a few weeks ago opened up for Sundays as well, and that's that's going great now too. So. Yeah, dude, your fried chicken. How about that fried chicken, Chris Cherry? So good, so good, it's so good. He was doing this um, fried chicken with we did it with some bubbles. Sundays, like, yeah, Sundays we're doing uh, it's like nothing better. It, it, I mean, we're doing birds and bubbles on Sundays because who doesn't like fried chicken and champagne? It's so perfect. Yeah, I want fancy sauce. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, an- another thing that's great about the wine program here is, you know, all of us that are in the local industry, we're familiar with our wines. So we come in and we order European wines. Chris has given us the opportunity to come in and, and drink Ch- uh, Chablis, Champagne, Burgundy, Cote Roti, Chateauneuf, uh, a great selection of Italian wines. And I think that that's a, that's a very smart move because... No one sings your praises more than the wine industry. Oh, where are you folks going out for dinner tonight? Oh, we're going to go to A, B, and C. And like, have you been to In Bloom? No. You should check out In Bloom. Okay. Um, yeah, I wish we get a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, people have been talking about this over and over on the podcast. I was like, damn. And I know um, Vanessa, I live in Slow, and she used to work in Slow, and she's your psalm. She's one of our psalms, yep. And um, she's up here, and I know she was super excited and was talking to me about you know being up here. So there's, there's this, there was certainly this buzz that was you know kind of encompassing the scene here, and, and it's, it's, it's really it's, cool. It's been great, and Vanessa's awesome. Uh, she's a huge part of the team here. We work together on the wine list, and she has a whole huge part in it. Um, she's great. 
And I love what um, Drink Chef. He's a Drink Chef, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's, he's really good, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's awesome. He's the man. Yeah, I mean, you have everyone in all the different like places. That, I mean, I don't know. There's just a real cool mission and vibe here. Yeah, he's 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 the best. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. uh, he moved up from from LA. I've known him for for a number oh, cool. for a number of years. Uh, he was born in, in Slow and was down in LA for a while, Seattle for a bit, and, and he came back here. And he's just been killing the, the program. It really works closely with Chef uh, to try to keep. The beverage program in line with the with the food program and keep well it, when keep those it two and, departments talk well yeah. and play well when you have a really cohesive relationship between both sides mm-hmm. I mean it is just endless possibilities for the bar yeah. and then it's even more adulation and, and just love for the kitchen yeah and it it, it goes it sticks with our um, our business plan here and what we're all about you know and keeping it keeping it local and keeping it uh, seasonal and you know with the two the more the ki- kitchen bar communicates you know the better they, they stay in line with everything we needed some new blood didn't we yeah and I, th- I think it's great to you know both both Chris and the team here and Julian and Courtney they're coming in from out of the market yeah and uh, that brings a, a different a different sense a different perspective to what what the mm-hmm. region could use yeah um, and I, I think they both have kind of knocked it out of the pot. Yeah, Julian and uh, what they did with LPC really, I think, whetted a lot of people's appetite in Paso. Like, oh, because there was a lot of excitement where, oh my God, when is it going to open? And then when it was open, of course, they had to deal with the pandemic, but Paso just supported the shit out of it. They were doing dinners outside and taking things. I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah, there's nothing better than spending three or four hundred bucks on a two-top for dinner <laughs> and freezing your ass off the entire time. On, like, patio <laughs> furniture. Yeah. But that's what we did here. But that we, it was it was let, let's let's come together. Let's support totally. our community and and make it happen. Because well, when when our governor was doing all kinds of crazy shit, we would. Oh, you mean like eating at the laundry? Yeah, and then telling people we can't eat outside and stuff like that. Right. But a lot of wineries stepped up along with the Main Street Association, Paso Wine, and put this great eatery in the middle of the park together, mm-hmm. where you could take your stuff and go there. I mean, we really got creative. Yeah, it was fun, and you saw the community. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. I like how you put that because it's something you can look back on and be proud of and feel good about. Well, I think that that opened up the door for the downtown merchants and you know those within city government to go. Wow, this is kind of cool. And and I was uh, I was sitting in on a meeting yesterday, and the the discussion came up of like, wouldn't it be great if Twelfth Pine and Eleventh were all walking like. The street around the park is closed, and now it's just like a piazza, a plaza, a zocalo. You like that? Oh, I, I think it, w- it would be so cool. Um, I think it would be great for everybody. You know, we, we, there, are, there are a handful of folks here that like, I don't go downtown anymore because I can't park right sure. in front of the restaurant. Like, well, you, when you take accessibility away from downtown, a certain demographic will not be able to come downtown. Right, but now everybody's walking downtown. Sure. But, I mean, Slow's dealing with this right now. You know, because, first of all, I mean, look, we, we all got used to parklets, right, in Paso and in San Luis Obispo. Right. And now Slow, it's like, okay, if you want to keep your parklet, you can. Here, I mean, I think Paso, for the most part, we're getting rid of parklets. Those are gone. They're, they're already gone. gone. Yeah. Okay, see, there you go. But, no, we, we definitely had to, you know, pivot, take a drink, pivot a lot of different ways and, and see what works, what doesn't, and then and then kind of move, move on. Yeah, and... And I think uh, I was down in Santa Barbara last week, and last I think over pandemic, State Street's now closed to, to automobile traffic. It's now all walking traffic and and cyclists, and that's a great vibe. You know, it, it adds that European yeah. 
thing that that you like. I mean, what's more fun than you know being away from your home and popping down on a patio table, whether you're in Mexico or Europe or wherever, you know, have a coffee, have a beer, and just kind of watch the world go by. Do you think if we went to that, you, what are, first of all, what are the chances of this? Do you think this could really go down? I, I, I think it's I think it's starting to get legs. I think really. Uh, I think the next there, five years, ten years. I'd like to say three to five. Really? Yeah. Wow. There was there were some city uh, city folks in Who's there. Who's fighting against this? Uh, I don't need names. I just need positions. you know folks that have been here for fifty years and their that reasoning is what really it's change accessibility. It's What's change? You know, this is Paso Robles. I remember when you could come down here and not have a reservation to go anywhere. Sure. Well, I remember and, when you could come here sucked. on your horse down to... Yeah. Yeah. You Let's can't park there. I work for Mel Brooks. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but if, if it were years. all walking... I mean, look at, look at what 13th Street has become. 13th Street, so we're talking like... Gaucho, um, Della's, Hatch, right. Psalm's Kitchen. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. Um, and what you're you know, that's saying... A, that's a... <laughs> Kind of take your life in your own hands trying to cross that street but, sometimes. But here's the thing with 13th Street is that's a real thoroughfare to Riverside and things like that. that. That's a challenge. I don't know that you're going to be able to shut that one down. No, I, I without a doubt, I don't think they will. But, but I, what you're suggesting is probably Pine Street, which is right next to Norma's Alley, Pine Street Saloon. Yeah. To Pine, the park. Pine 12th and 11th. And then, okay, so all of Pine. So take you all the way down to like Hotel Cheval. Yeah. And then up 12th. Okay. I think that could be cool, and 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 I think Paso Market Walk's a great example of what do you of, do with those people walking around and checking out other merchants. I don't know how yep. many spaces. I want to spit out a number: one hundred and twelve spaces, whatever it is. What do you do with those one hundred and twelve spaces? You build a parking structure. So you, okay, you're okay with the parking structure. Where do we put this? Uh, railroad and twelfth. Be like the old Cat, Sizzler? Cat, uh, Caddy Corner from the back of Alchemist Garden, which is Old Via Creek, kind of behind Bistro Laurent. Okay. Next to Hunter Auto Body, that, there's one location. So not even on the other side of the train tracks, like where Sizzler used no, to be. No, this this side of the train tracks. This side of the train tracks. West side of the train tracks. Okay, like a little four level thing. Yeah, or four, six, whatever. Okay, so you're not you're not concerned with how big it looks or how tall it is. Well, it's a parking structure. I mean, how? I mean, I know. I, I I will say they're with Cal Poly and their landscape architecture. They could take a metal, not a metal, a concrete structure. And green it to the point where, oh my God, look at w- what a beautiful parking structure. Yeah. You know, cover it with vine. Like, look at Via Creek right now with, with all that vine on the building. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing could be vine, and it's, it's just concrete, so there's no opportunity for intrusion from that vine, because vines, they'll break things. And then do you kind of go to businesses and say, like, hey, let's get out for support? It's probably let's private. 10, 20, 15, I don't know, 15, 20 million bucks? I have no idea. Maybe I mean, like, for, Slow wants 40 for theirs. Really? It can be expensive, yeah. But, I mean, this sounds interesting. I, I think this is kind of interesting. I can see people just, like, you know, on their scooter, walking, rollerblading through, carrying their shopping bags. Yeah, then we can, then we can have, like, birds and all those all those mobile trash around. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want all, the, no, all those scooter trash all over. But. but I like talking about what we see Paso in like, you know, five, ten years, because here's a place that's really changed a lot in the last five or ten years. I mean, it's consistently growing where, you know, I think of when I was here in 03, of course, very different. But let's talk about like 2017 to now. I mean, there's changes and things in the last five years that are just so like, whoa. That's you know? great. Yeah. And, and I think... You know, a couple of years prior to 
um, pandemic, I mean, Paso was really starting to gain some momentum. I mean, in 20, the first of the year, that New York Times article, 50 Best Places to Visit in the World, and Paso being number six, uh, that was New York Times, right? Yeah. That, uh, that, that was fantastic. Yeah. And we, we didn't really get to maximize our opportunity there because so, what happened? Something happened. I don't know, huh? I think the world shut down. Right. Something happened. <laughs> Silly bat. It was, it was a weird uh, Silly bat. blurping time. Things really jumped back in a pretty incredible way, though, haven't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, once we all got open... I mean, Paso was was huge, and well, I, I think Paso's got still continues to. Paso's a pretty resilient market for. There are lots of folks within the industry, and I, I don't know if I, I would say that the restaurant scene is not seeing it. But you know, things are slow. Oh my God, it's slow. It's like I was going to ask you about that. It's like yeah, things are slow, but everybody's everybody's gone to Europe. Everybody has now got that opportunity. No, Chris, and, not everyone's gone to Europe because not everyone can go to Europe. People are like, oh my God, gas is freaking seven dollars and you know eggs are you know 93 percent more than they were a year ago i mean so i mean i think there's a more than just like oh everyone's in europe right and and i i that that statement is is earlier in the year no sure sure but uh you know i think if we can have you noticed a slowdown or have people noticed a slowdown um because of just like the last like few months of things yeah, I, th- I think it, it's slower than the last couple of years just because we've, we've really been on a banger. But, y- you know, things ebb and flow. But I still think we're, you know, let's, let's say that the economy does take a transition in a different direction that we may not want. We did okay as a, as a region in 2008 because people are like, oh, we're going to go do a staycation. We're not going to Europe because it's too expensive. Right. So we're going to go to Paso. We're, we're pretty fortunate that way. I think... I think as a market, we have some, some nice insulation. It's a really good point because you look at, and I don't mean to make everything go back to the pandemic, but because San Luis Obispo County, the numbers were the envy of a lot of counties around us. You saw a lot of also major metropolitan areas like San Francisco, L.A., they would come to Paso. And Paso was very much, you know, because of, you know, the, the renegade and maverick attitude we had, you know, we were like, hey, let's do this. You know, I mean, obviously safely in accordance with the law, but let's do this. Yeah. And, and it was great. And I think that was uh, there. I don't think there's any industry that that took it on the chin more than the hospitality to industry uh, globally. Totally right. Um, totally right. What's the latest Normal at the city. Maha State? You just poured some beautiful white wine. I want to know what that is. But also, uh, the Maha State had a really big year. I mean, I remember visiting you for uh, you know a fantastic concert that was like unreal. That was so cool. That was really cool. You had like one of the best chefs around. You had one of the coolest artists around in the country. You had just like a scene. First of all, your place just because you and and Joanne in your wine you uh, evoke a, a certain you emanate a certain scene and vibe and that place just dripped cool that well, night well th- well thank you I, I think it was because you were there um, <laughs> it was Audrey and, 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 and that little dog yeah Georgie right yeah <laughs> but you know you you were there for sound check and it was it was coming together and I was like wow and then Sam Nelson Harris from X Ambassadors you know, he's doing sound check and the whole canyon is filling with his voice. I was like, oh shit, we got, we got something going on here. Right. Yeah. And he just brought that. it. And, totally. and the food that Clark did and the, the evening was beautiful. Clark we, from Full of Life Flatbread, Los Alamos legend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it was a really special night. You want to do more of those? Did that make you want to host more of those or was that a little much? I, I, uh, 
I would love to host more of those. I'd like to work those less. Yes. Um, and, I, and I think that that can be done. Is that possible? Because I don't know if it can be done. Because you, like you said, you're a people person, and you very much like to get out there. Like, Danny hired me to host the event, and I'm like, no, Chris has got this. Because he's going to want to talk to his guests, and he's going to want to be there for And you are. You gave... Chris Heisman the compliment earlier about when he's here running the floor that he's it's very effortless and he's very chill you seem at least in, on the outside you seem very chill you're just like enjoying you're saying hi to people like you make it look very easy to host well thank you I, the next time we do it we'll flip flop and you can do the heavy lifting <laughs> during the day and then I'll just MC it <laughs> fair enough yeah the, the name of the game with, with any type of event like just don't let them see you sweat right. like the wheels can be falling off the bus but if you don't let anybody know that, nobody knows nah, that. That could be wobbly. But yeah, they could be wobbly. Keep them on there, <laughs> right? But if you on. come out and like, oh my god, the kitchen's on fire! Yeah. Run for your lives! People are going to freak, right? Yeah. Now oh. we have we have a thing here. It's eighty six freaking out. Eighty six freaking out. We don't allow. It. Yeah, there you can't go. do it. You have a lot of tattoos. What's um, when did we start these tattoos, Chris Eisma? You you were, you're competing with Orion Stang. With maybe some of the more the most tattoos in Paso Wine Country. Yeah. Have you met Orion? Oh yeah. Okay, good. You guys, oh, yeah. you guys, cool. Yeah, we. You guys have a tattoo together? Uh, no. Because <laughs> me and him are almost gonna get. I almost. Get, I may got, get my first one. They've got their names, each other's names on their uh, tram lower, lower back. Yeah. Lower back. Yeah. Yeah. Very it's tasteful. Really fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what um? What's the next tattoo? Uh, you know, I don't know. I haven't got one in. God, maybe 10 years. Oh, it's been a while. Okay. It's been a while. So then, because he's a little bit deeper in then. I think he's like, when's my next one? I think I got one in three weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably something for my kids. Yeah, I got, I got both, my, both, my, both my parents. And so you got two sleeves, and they're really floral. They're really nice looking. Yeah, I like them. My mom. That's a beautiful picture. That's cool. I, stuff, I remember. Yeah. Um, Let me see your dad. I know your, your dad looks like a, he looks hardcore. Look at that. Chris, for a long time, I love the glasses. I love the glasses yeah. on there. Yeah. Are, are they alive still? Uh, my old man's passed away. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, I always saw Chris. Well, the first time I saw him on the floor with his sleeves rolled up, which is a great look. You know, he rolls in. He's got his, you know, super tight Armani or whatever. You right. Know, Cuccinelli. Some, some fancy. <laughs> I should right. Um, you know, w- with a half a sleeve of tat- tattoos. And I think it, it's a great look. You know, 15 or 20 years ago, pe- people would freak. I no. mean, my dad would freak. Like, what is that thing in your nose? I was told I would get kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, if they're like, if you get an earring, if you get a tattoo, or if you get, I mean, you can't get a tattoo till you're 18, but if you come home with an earring, or if you come home with anything like that, just count on being out of here. And it's such an international, I mean, the, the tattoo art on a global level is, you know, it's cultural, it's got so much, so much history. It's like and, street art, in a way. Yeah. And, it, and it really yeah. is yeah. art. The, so, the, some the of the artists, yeah. yeah. It's cool. So yeah. ease into it with the parents. Isn't the first f- one I got was a portrait of my mom. How can she get mad? Right. right? Ease, but, ease the pain. But now it's like, it's almost, it's not even, tattoos certainly don't hold any of the... People. Kind of that un- underbelly of society. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, though, people think they're cool. You know, it's like, oh, what's... Stefan Asale's got tattoos. Yeah, because you want to know, like, what's your ink mean? Like, what's the story, you know? Yeah, yeah you won't find many, uh, many guys in the kitchen or girls without... Uh, Tattoos. Yeah, where do your tattoos end? Are they just sleeves, or what else you got? Uh, little back art? No, no back. It goes up on the shoulders, chest. Little torso like stuff. Yeah, yeah. Got some torso action. A little bit. Some torso art. Sweet. Uh, we have Chris and Chris. What did you pour for us, sir? Uh, this is the 2020 Maha Estate before anyone else. It's 100 percent claret. And we're drinking it before anyone else. Today we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully not. So, uh, Ma- well, I mean, that's. But where, where does the name come from? Well, we have three wines off the Maha. We have uh, Before Anyone Else, Backlit, and Understory. So 
Before Anyone Else is a reference to the sun. Backlit is a reference to the moon. And Understory is a reference to the earth. That's pretty cool. I know that farming is super important to you. From just the way you look at your own situation there, we were talking off the air about some new things that uh, you're getting into I want you to share. Um, I've been at lunch with you with other winemakers where you're, you know, espousing certain things like, hey, what well, what about this? Why aren't you doing this? You know, and like, it is a huge thing to you, uh, not even just for you, but but for Paso, for the earth. I mean, this is something that you're very, you're very um, cognizant of. It, it is, and, and it really came out of food. Um, you know, we... we I've been in the food business our entire life, and I think food is a huge part, you know, sound mind, sound body, food, food is fuel. When we closed Via Creek, we were 95% off invoice certified organic food. I don't know, food used to be like 30% of your budget, and medical expenses were five, and now it's the other way around. Um, and I think I think our food system is... If I may go on a rant for a second, um, you know, we've got a, a, a broken food system that uh, is facilitating all kinds of issues to our, to us as people, uh, whether it's physically or mentally. I mean, they're starting to link, you know, the floor and biome in your gut to mental health. And, and that's, a, that's a big thing. That's why we are huge... Uh, advocates and proponents of restaurants like this and other restaurants here in town that are serving great product. You know, food is not supposed to be cheap. Um, food is Cheap food is very expensive on the back end. Everybody's searching for that cheapest calorie. So in, in taking that even into viticulture and wine, we grow grapes where we live. We eat and drink from where we grow grapes. And why would we you know, why would we be putting pesticides and herbicides into the ground from which we drink from? I just doesn't, I don't think that makes any sense. And now there's all kinds of data and facts that, that can, that prove that, you know, some of the, all, when I say alternative, it's basically, let's go back, let's step back to move forward. You know, let's have cover crop, let's have soil nutrient and soil health, and that helps to retain soil moisture and increase um, soil vitality as far as nutrient and whatnot. And I think at the end of the day, these farming methods, whether it's organic, biodynamic, regenerative, without, under that entire umbrella, without synthetic chemicals, creates uh, a wine that is got more flavor it's more transparent to the site from which it comes and it's better for you uh you know the whole natty wine thing we we were uh, we were at the bar last night and, and there was a couple here uh from san diego county and and they asked about natural wine well the comment was you guys don't have enough orange wine and and i get the orange wine thing and i get the natty wine thing but you know those of us that are in the industry look at like we were in, in Europe and we're like, we're looking for something natural, but it means that it needs to be organic. Because then the sommelier is like, oh, thank God. As opposed to, I want something that tastes like whale bird. Right. And whale bird is a fantastic kombucha product. Yeah, no, I love the guys. But it, when wine tastes like that, that's a miss. Well, because you hear natural me. wine. And it, sometimes there's a lot of different definitions. When a lot of people say it... There is no definition. Well, true. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the like, problem. It, it yeah. can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, sure. When you hear someone from like, 
you know, San Diego or Southern California come up and be like, do you have any natural wine, bro? They're thinking what, likely? I think they're, you see it more than I do these days. I think they're thinking from, from, from a production side of, or a, a, an industry side, they're looking for something that's, that's off a bit, you know, that may be oxidized, that may have some microbial issues, that might have some unintentional petalance, you know, carbonation, tangy. I think I think it's been pitched to so many folks o- over this period of time that uh, the flaws in the wine are a benefit, um, and that may not necessarily be the case. I was reading an article last week where many of those folks in the movement are trying to get rid of f- the term "funky." Like, well, that's funky. Like. I don't know. I could. Yeah. I mean, if it's music-wise, I want it funky. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, There's a lot but, of things I like funk. But but I want it to taste like I, I want it to taste correct. Sound. Yeah. Sure. I, I want personality. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't want a sterile wine. I don't want something that's got no personality. Like, you know, there are, there are wines that are made in millions of cases at a time, and and they need to taste the same every year. But that's not what we do. Right. Yeah. Right. But but I think at the end of the day, farming practices within within the wine industry can continue to get better. And, and there's sustainability conversations and any step in the right direction is the right step. Natural wine to you, organically grown fruit. For sure. We no chemicals. Fruit. No chemicals. No chemicals. Yeah. And then it doesn't end there. Is that, is that fair definition of, I, I think, uh, there's a, there actually is a defined Van Natural in France now that it has to be certified organic fruit, and I think it can be less than 100 parts sulfur total, um, which is, you know, the wines without sulfur, sans souf, as the French call it. I mean, th- those wines can be, if, if it's the right wine, they can be ethereal. They can be absolutely amazing. For a little while. Or even a long while, really? depe- depending on what the wine is. They just don't travel well. Sure. You know, wine is best enjoyed, like... At the end of the day, where it, where it was raised. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, if you if you can jump into something that was grown here and drank here, that's great. I mean, and, and, you know, all of our wines travel all over the world, and they still are fantastic. But that it's that that place and time. You recently just planted ten acres. We're prepping ten acres additional. Wow. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. We we uh, we need the fruit. Um, what are we planting? Uh, no replanting. What are we planting? Oh, what are we planting? Well, right now we're just going to plant rootstock. I think we're going to um, initially we plant the half the maha right now is Grenache, so we're going to plant some Syrah and Morved, which we really enjoy. We might plant some Tempranillo. We're looking at some whites that cool. Uh, Love your whites. Thank you. I, I want to say maybe a little bit of Chardonnay, and maybe that Chardonnay is for a sparkling wine project. Nice. I don't know, but I think as uh, a blending component for an estate white wine. Um, Chardonnay works. I mean, what's so sexy about chard? I mean, what's so sexy about sparkling now? Everybody kind of like rosé a decade ago. Everyone had to start doing a rosé. Everyone wants to do a sparkling now. Well, I, you know, you you start drinking it and going, "This is yummy. This is fun." Uh And and you start. And it doesn't. I think people don't have to have sparkling as an anniversary or a New Year's. It can be an everyday wine, just like in Bloom can be an everyday restaurant. Absolutely. I I have a friend Benoit who is is from Champagne, who dates Tova, and uh, he it was his comment was, we don't drink champagne on special occasions. We drink champagne on every occasion. Yeah, (laughs) I like I like like that. That's awesome. It's it's not. It's just another wine. Yeah. 
So I imagine when you make a sparkling wine, it's going to be, well, I mean, are you going to do it all in-house? Yeah, we're, we, uh, we started this year, we're doing a, uh, like a Blanc de Noir of Grenache. From a, from a chemistry point of view, the fruit is right in the wheelhouse to make a sparkling wine. Now we just have to work on not screwing it up. You tried that Haleotide yet? <laughs> Those wines are bomb. Isn't that so good? Yeah. Nicole, we had them on Nicole the last... Does, I know, she's great. She, they're, they're wonderful people. Those wines are great. I can't wait to... My wife and daughter buy those wines by the case, <laughs> which hopefully will give us the opportunity to open those bottlings in four or five or seven or ten years and go, wow. Yeah. Because those are, those are real deal wines. Right. I mean, I think she's at the top of the game here on the Central Coast. For sure. Uh, if not California. Actually, take Central Coast. California, the U.S. I mean, she's making some of the best sparkling wines in the United States. You know, it's crazy you say that because uh, Lucas was telling a story of like being at a Juan party and Juan Mercado, and he brings a out like Juan a bottle. Party. A Juan party. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to a Juan party. Yeah, but no, we had him on the show with Eric, and it was great. And, and Lucas is telling the story where he's um, brings out like a bottle of Salon, and there, which is which is. It really crosses a lot of T's and dots a lot of I's for Lucas because they're in that same style. They like that area a lot. So to taste it next to that was really like, you know, he was a little nervous at first, but he was like, wow, like that's, this is really neat. This is a neat opportunity to be able to go, you know, next to such an incredibly high-end and well-coveted, you know, sparkling wine bottle next to Haleotide, which is just blowing up lately. Yeah, it's great. I, th- I think there are so many great wines in the world and to be able to support those folks that are nice people with great families mm-hmm. uh, that that brings that whole story together yeah. Yeah. why do you like Louis, Louis Barul from St. Combe and Gingadas his wines are approaching a point where I can't afford them anymore but I bought them every year from probably 2001 to 2015 because I want to support him Yeah, he's going to make the best wine possible for me in every given vintage. So what, like three years from now? What? When are we going to have the Maha sparkling? Probably three years. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got going there? What is this? That's a three. That's uh, 100% Syrah, three different vineyards from 2020 vintage. This is uh, all organic fruit. This comes from Maha State and Luna Mata and Slide Hill. Uh, Chris Cherry, Chris Heisma, uh, the Maha State is in the glass. Chris, kind of get into some of the uh, different things we have going on. Obviously, Sundays, mm-hmm. we're doing the uh, the bubbles. Birds and bubbles. Birds and bubbles. Yep. Uh, the vibe in here is fun. It's energetic. Uh, Playing records. That's pretty cool. Every night. Yeah. Where'd we, you uh, get that? Where'd you get on that from? You know, I, I've had I've had records since I was young, since I was a kid. Had a, had, a, had a record player in my room when I was young. I always kind of been around it. And uh, when I started doing restaurants, I thought it was just kind of fun. Especially here, we, we certainly take what we do real serious, but try not to take ourselves uh, too serious while we're doing it. We, we play the music uh, unapologetically a little too loud. I know. I, do, I love that. How often are you just like, you know, you're just so encompassed with what's going on around you on a busy night on the yeah. floor, and then you realize, oh, shoot, like those four songs are done. I got to go over there. Oh, I know it, immediately. It's, oh, it's do you? Like, it, it's, not, it's not 20 seconds. It's the rules within here, like, if that, or you on the record player. It's yeah. pretty much known you're on the record player. I'm on it, but you know we've got we get we get a team that knows to uh, to. to <laughs> Kevin's got a no. Kevin's d- does everyone have? Is there only certain people that can do the record player? Uh, yeah, choose. We, we've yeah. We typically will we'll look through a, a stack of records uh, beginning of the night. People have uh, some requests. Do you they? Know, staff and, and guests guess all the time. 
But yeah, we try to change it up. Uh, I'm going to let you borrow my Carpenter's Christmas album okay. for when the season happens, because the Carpenter's Christmas album to me is the best Christmas album ever. Bring it in. Old we, school. We'll get, yeah, we'll give it a spin. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I do love nice. that you have old school vinyl. Do we have and, we, and we have everything. You know, you, you'll get, you come in here one night and you, you've got uh, Zeppelin just going. Like, right, I love right it. Now, I love and, it. I can uh, hear that, yeah. And, uh, you know, later, later in the night, LCD sound system pumping through Harris. You know, it's, I heard uh, that it, earlier. It's fun. Yeah. I, I was... Uh, you, I love Zeppelin. I know. Zeppelin's great. We were... Uh, the first restaurant that I got this at, we were, we were at Bobo in, in New York City. And uh, a friend of mine, Stephen Meyer, was, was running the floor there. And it was Joanne and myself. And it, we were having a great time. And, and the music was, was up there. And it was, it was a great evening. And there was a, a two-top next to us, older folks. And... Uh, Excuse me, sir, would you mind if they turn the music down? He's like, I'm awfully sorry, but Chef runs the music, and no. <laughs> and left, and they, they, got, they got a little kink in their neck, and all of a sudden, the music went from five to like eight. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's a great story. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you're, when you're in a market like New York City... From a customer point of view, from a from a labor point of view, here's the deal, Adam. I'm not going to fire you, but you can quit. I got seven guys behind you. That's not necessarily the case anymore. Yeah. But um, I, I think there's – I really like it when a restaurant – this is what we do. And if you like it, thank you so much. We will continue to – hopefully amaze you every time you're here but if you don't that's alright as well we'll find you another spot to go but I love that and I love yeah, it's especially on. when people start coming into like the substitutions you know we'll try to accommodate everybody sure but sometimes if you want to take something off the dish just get something else yeah the dish isn't what it's meant to be at that point you know we, we try and yeah. chi- Chicago was the first market that we noticed more than any place else and I don't know if that came out of of Boca or Let Us Entertain, every single restaurant starting like 10 years ago, are there any food allergies at the table? Just call it. Just ask. Just ask right away. Yeah, the, uh, no gluten, no gluten, no dairy. Okay. Yeah. Then they can, then they can make, make a mark on that. And, you know, the, when, I mean, it's great to have that opportunity to not budge at all. Because here's, here's the deal. Chef knows more about food than you and he's going to put the flavors together that work best for the dish he knows better than you do so you don't get to deconstruct his menu I agree yeah but it's always funny when chefs are like you asked for salt like yeah he needs a little salt yeah oh they don't like that <laughs> they don't like that. no they don't <laughs> uh, once in a while you, you should, someone will yeah. come into the kitchen like table you know 32 can we do this the answer would just be look at you no we're back to the line yeah we try to avoid it. we try to no, always sure. do what we can but sometimes it just this pasta is it. incredible. Talk about this pasta really quick before we get out of here because this pasta is nuts. Yeah, chicken uh, chicken agnolotti. It's like uh, flavors of mole. It's seasoned with uh, some cocoa powder. That's why the, the pasta itself is it's that beautiful brown color. Chicken jus, mighty cap, uh, shiitake mushrooms, and hazelnut gremolata. So it's good. Beautiful. Delicious. Fresh. Great flavor. Fall in a bowl right there. Fall in a bowl. Yeah. Dialed in. Ladies with the Maha State, how can people come taste your wines? Chris and learn more about you and come visit. I want people to go out to the Maha State because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The wines Thank are you. great. Yeah. I love I looking at the dogs running around. Yeah. It's just so cool to be out there. Yeah. 
We would love to have you come out. We are by appointment, so you can go to viacreek.com and book a, book a tasting appointment. We'd love to tell our story and present our wines to anybody that will, will hear us. You know, it's, it's a small, intimate uh, environment. You know, it's not six deep at the bar, and I think that's always uh, a, nice, a nice opportunity for folks. I think, you know, there are, there are, there are so many opportunities and concepts for, for folks to visit while they're here in the region, and uh, we always have a pretty good mix of tunes rolling through things. But, it's um, it's top-notch. It's, it, it's hard-pressed to find a better experience when you're checking out wineries when you're here in Paso and going he, out he to, doesn't know what he's talking about to, no it's it's beautiful out there and, uh, and there's no phone service it's great and, there's no <laughs> <laughs> and the drive is just beautiful yeah, yeah. on your way in and out uh, you need reservations to come eat here Chris Heisma uh, we definitely recommend them you know, we keep the bar and high tops first come first serve so we can allow for those walk-ins but we definitely recommend uh, reservations and we're on talk in bloompassrobles.com and um, if not someone's here answering the phone all day too so it's really okay yep Good stuff, man. We'll come for the cocktails. And then how, how do we come to your? How do we come and visit you at your house? <laughs> you want to come to my house? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Well, you, we'll have to. I mean, I've that. seen some of the cocktails that you threw up on the gram. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were such a cocktail guy. I'm really impressed by that. I love that. I, you know, I'm I'm not the cocktail guy that Derek Jensen is, but right, uh, yeah. you know, hey, I just go, right, let me show you how to do this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm uh, I, I'm kind of just a mezcal mezcal and gin person, but you know, when when Kevin is presenting me with how can you, how can you say no? Kevin's really good at yeah. what he does. Kevin's he's really hospitable. He's really kind. I just find that I drink good. too many cocktails. I know. When I they're don't. balanced, that's the thing. Because when they're balanced, they're not too boozy. They're not too this. They're not too that. It just feels really good every sip. Yeah. Until the following day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you were a little late today? Nope. That's not why I was late today. <laughs> you were here too. I, last I night. woke no, up. He was. He was good last night. I no. woke up clear as a clear as a. Daisy. No, that's not right. Claire's a bell. So much fun. The booze rooster did not wake me up. Oh, there you go. That's a good this morning. <laughs> the booze rooster. Uh, check out what? MahaState.com? Or ViaCreek.com. Uh, okay. And I never know. Like, do, are, we, are we leading with Maha State? What's the... What's we, we, the are, we are leading. So, you know, we've got... I want to Ma- be correct. We're leading with Maha. Then there's Via Creek, And then we have Cherry House Wines, which... Goodness. Are, are not... You know, that's a wholesale brand that we're okay. working on on growing. It's uh, Cherry House Red, White, and Rosé. It's all certified oh. organic fruit. Um, we're in about 20 markets across the country. Good for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, it's kind of that entry level. Think of it as Scion, Toyota, and Lexus, if you will. Sure. What is the uh, What are some markets that you're hot in? So if someone's listening, I mean, we're downloaded in all 50 states here. Uh, what, are there we're, any markets uh, that you're kind of coming into? Uh, we just opened up New York. We haven't been in New York in probably ten years. Uh, Florida and Texas have just opened up, and those are those have been solid. Colorado's a, a home state for me, so that's been a great market. Cool. Um, a- Arizona is starting to get some traction, and I think you know with San Luis Obispo having direct fly markets from Denver, Phoenix, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's pretty awesome. Huge. I mean, the, the, the yeah. Dallas market coming in is really great. And I, I don't think we get to see a lot of the Pacific Northwest with Alaska to Seattle. Right. We see a but lot of people I, from Texas in here. I want to go to Seattle. I've never been to Seattle. Seattle's a, a pretty okay. It's okay city. It's cool. It's cool to go to once. That's good food. It's like town. a small, big city. You know, it's like a, it's weird. It's interesting. 
Seattle's a cool city. Yeah, I love this. I, I could do this all day. Uh, Chris Cherry, Maha Estate. Uh, go to viacreek.com to learn how you could taste the wines. And then make sure the next time you are at In Bloom, you let them know you heard it on the Where Wine Takes You podcast and order a bottle of Maha. I'm into this Syrah. Oh, my God, this is so good. And that Claret, the white. Your whites are always been so good. And every time I come there, I always try and, you know, get a bottle of the Roussan or anything you're doing with the Roussan or the Marsan. Your Rhone whites are just killer. Thank you so much. I, the, the white wines out of the west side of Paso are, are a real sleeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, are, there are so many great wines, and, and you know everybody's drinking red wine. But then you start, we, we all get switched on, and they're like, oh, my God. Who was doing whites first? You or Justin Smith from Saxon? Probably you, huh? Yes. Because he kind of started late to do, he only does one white. He does. It's beautiful. And it's very good. Very, very popular. But uh, but he must have been seeing all this crazy popularity. He knows these grapes. He grows them. He knows they grow so well. I've been making Roussan from James Berry Vineyard since 2010, and I think he released his first white under Saxum in 18. Yeah. He sees and, you and, that, and that's like Shannon and... and Roussan, right? Uh, Roussan, maybe some Gromansang. So do, do, folks, Blanc. do folks like you and like Anthony Young with Canero, do you guys get a call like, hey, you're not getting all the, all the Roussan you were getting before? Uh, yes, we do. And what, what do you say? Do you give him some shit in the beginning, or do you just like, all right, it was good life, while it lasted? You know, I, I poked Justin Smith a few years ago. I'm like, why are you purchasing, you know, from this vineyard? You need to raise your prices on your vineyard because, you know, you're growing the best fruit. Yeah. And his comment was, once I could get all you leeches out of there, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> I will. And, and uh, last this time last year, the, the letter came, you know, we're not renewing contracts anymore. But oh, it comes in a letter? Uh-huh. Brutal. And then the last, well, you got to keep it. A fish? Yeah. Um, but we can have a conversation. So we, we do continue to get James Berry Vineyard Fruit, which we really enjoy working with. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Justin Smith should be making James Berry Vineyard Fruit. He should be making all of it. And, you know, there will come a day when, when we're out. And we've been there since 2002. But yeah. I understand that. I mean, no, Sure. It's great. I mean, it, I, I've learned a lot from Justin. Um, he's an amazing grape grower. He's an extremely intuitive farmer. Um, you know, and his wines aren't bad either. No, I've heard. No, they're incredible. But you see a lot of... Um, I love the move to Cayucas. I love the Old Creek Road kind of move. I think wines up there, we've seen, like you, you mentioned, Nicole from Stolo, or formerly from Stolo, mm-hmm. and the, the great wines that she was able to you know, get noteworthy press on from the North Coast. Uh, then you see York Mountain, I mean, decidedly far more west than the Paso Robles AVA. York Mountain is really blowing up. York's great. I think... Uh, you got any stuff up there or what? Uh, no. I would love to. I think... I, I think that's the best Syrah. In my opinion, the best Syrahs are coming out of York. Yeah. Because you get that cool climate, warm climate component. Uh-huh. What do you like? What's, uh, give me your, what are your the top, new epic top stuff Syrah, from, The top new Grenache. epic stuff from York Mountain. I don't know if you have any of that, but. Yeah, Jordan makes great wine. It's great. But I mean, like yeah. the York Mountain stuff. I used to love their Block B. Their Block B is incredible. Mm-hmm. That to me is like, just, ooh. But, um, but the York Mountain stuff is just, it delivers. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, like Anthony's, Anthony's wines from up there too. It's, yeah, uh, round not such. It's incredible. those wines are good. It's yeah, so good, really good. So good. You can learn a lot from a dummy. I mean, he worked for me for three years. So <laughs> obviously, that's true. 
Well, this has been way too much fun. We'll uh, kill the rest of this food, kill the rest of these cocktails and this turn beautiful up the music. wine, and we will turn, turn up, up the music. Uh, thanks for hanging out, sharing like the similarities, also the really unique paths that you both have like paved for yourselves, and it's super exciting to see. You know I love you, Chris. It's fun to have you back on the podcast again. To get you on for the first time, I yeah. love getting to know you. And thanks for having me. Can't yeah. wait to come back again, and for you guys to share where wine has taken you. Uh, this way is just really special. So fantastic! Yeah. Thank you. So Always much. a pleasure. Cheers. So give me that moonshine. We'll get by. We pass on down till the job is done. Camped out in the trees, it will simplify good company. Well, cheers to both those gentlemen, Chris Squared, Chris Heisma, and Chris Cherry for their time. And friendly conversation. Hope you felt like you were right at the table with us. We are wrapping up Harvest Wine Month in just about another weekend. Big weekend. This weekend for sure. So come out. Say hi. Take in all the sights, the smells. Oh, I love the smells of Harvest. The sounds. But make sure before you do, you hit up PasoWine.com for the latest on everything in Paso Wine Country. Again, PasoWine.com. Where Wine Takes You is executive produced by Joel Peterson, associate producer Jen Bravo, digital fulfillment and assistance by Jimmy Guzman, original music on the show, Good Company, performed by Moonshiner Collective. You could stream them wherever you get your music or learn more, moonshinercollective.com. Technical consideration and equipment transport provided by Fly With Wine. If you are cruising on the Central Coast, you can always tune me in on your radio. My morning show, heard weekday mornings up in Adam in the morning. It's on the Crush 92.5. Crush with a K. K-R-U-S-H 925.com if you want to check it out online. We stream. We even got a free app in your smartphone. Crush 92.5. Follow Paso on Insta at Paso Wine. You can also follow me on, as Chris called it, the gram. Follow me at Adam on the air. And if you have any ideas or things you'd love to hear in the podcast suggestions, feel free to DM me. Send me a direct message. It's all good. I do appreciate you being here more than you know. I'm your host, Adam Montiel. Until next time, let's lift that glass high and cheers to any time where you sacrificed a lot to chase something, someone, someplace you really wanted and was willing to do whatever it took to see it through. And for enjoying along the way where wine takes you. And give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on down till the job is Camp out in the trees, it will simplify, good company. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on down till the job is Camp out in the trees, it will simplify, good company. Give me that moonshine, we'll get by, we pass on down till the job is out in the trees, we will simplify in good company. With that moonshine, we'll get by. We pass on round till the job is dry. Camped out in the trees, we will simplify in good company.